Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night, new content drops. Tonight's episode, we have a reunion of three bands that went across America this spring under the label of the Hell's Decibels Tour. Brian Ross of Satan, Jarvis Letherby of Night Demon, and Trevor Church of Haunt. They're going to join Metal Walt and myself. We're going to talk about how the tour went, some road stories, how the three bands got along. They basically did this tour as a DIY. You know, they're uh, helping each other set up, selling merch, doing security, and just bonding across America. They're going to talk about what's going on with all three bands now, this summer's tours, what's going on in the fall. So it's a really cool catch-up kind of show. Now, we're fresh, newly added to the Pantheon Music Podcast Network. And if you're listening to us for the first time on this network, welcome to the Metal Mayhem ROC Club. What we do up here is a lot of fun stuff, a lot of in-house content, a lot of interviews with up-and-coming bands as well as established acts. Recent episodes, last week we had Don Jameson, that rock and roll metal comedian, he was on, and we had a little roundtable discussion under this show we called Rock and Roll Detention, and we were talking about, can rock become a brand? And what's the cutoff point with bands having unoriginal members or one or two members? It was a great discussion. Before that, a couple of weeks ago, we had Brian Diamond of MTV fame. He's a content producer. He was on the show talking about you know, what was going on in MTV during the heyday, few weeks before that, we had Blitz, Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill. And uh, before that, uh, our Rock and Roll History of Metal series. We invite you to get up to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Now, this is our chance to stay in touch with you about new podcast releases, reminders for our live radio show on Monday nights, CD reviews, concert reviews. Tis the season, gang. You know, Metal Walt's going to shows every other day. I'm making my rounds. Mark Zagati's doing CD reviews. So, again, get up to MetalMayhemROC.com and sign up for our newsletter. For our regular listeners of the show, we invite you to get up to PantheonPodcasts.com. Now, what this is, this network, it's the podcast network for music fans. We have over 100 shows focused on music history Interviews, stories, commentary, news, reviews. Again, that's PantheonPodcast.com. So again, what we have tonight is the Hell's Decibels Reunion Show. For my co-host, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC.
So in our continued effort to bring you unique and interesting content, we have a meeting of the superheroes, if you could say. We have three continents covered, actually just two continents, but many states. We have Jarvis Letherby of Night Demon, Brian Ross of Satan, Trevor Church of Haunt, Metal Walt, and myself, the Vernomatic here. We're sort of calling it like a metal summit. We're uh, here just to talk about the bands, everything that's going on, and what's going on in the future. Gentlemen, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Jarvis Letherby, Night Demon, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Good to see you. You too. Brian Ross from uh, Satan over in the UK. Now, Brian, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good, man. Um, I've got a little bit of a cough, so uh, if, I, if I do break down in coughing fits, you know yeah. what's going on. Um, I, when we're out on the tour, I got a, a, a chest infection and I've got another one now, so it, it's not great. But yeah, other than that, I'm good. And from Balmy, California, 7.30 in the morning, Trevor Church of Aunt. How are you, Trevor? I'm great, man. Pleasure to be here with y'all. Thank you. And my co-host in this metal crusade, Metal Walt from uh, New Jersey. Hey, Walt, good morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. It's a pleasure to see you all again. The last time we all talked was out on the sidewalk on Van Houten Ave in Clifton, New Jersey in early April. So here we are again two months later. Good to see you guys. Welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. So, Walt, what's the blueprint this morning? Um, Why don't you get things going right away and... Let's get into this. These are three great bands. What do you got? Yeah, let's just talk a little bit about the tour and the bands and these guys who circled around uh, the U.S. And then since we've actually seen you guys last, there's been a lot going on. But, you know, first of all, guys, congratulations on like a totally kick ass tour. And I say this like with all genuineness in my heart, like. I know for sure at the end of this year, this is going to be a top five show for me. And I go to a lot of fucking metal shows, but it was just it it checked all the boxes. And I'm hoping you guys had that the same. You know, it was like the perfect mix of, you know, hey, Satan, you guys are are the veterans. You've been out there since the late 70s, early 80s. And then you kind of got the rising stars coming up. Right. Haunt. Um, it was a great mix of music. So maybe Jarvis, I think you were instrumental in putting this tour together. Like, how did this package get put together? You know, um, you know, I've been managing Satan for about five years. Um, but uh, prior to that, you know, we were just friends and playing a lot of a lot of gigs together all over the world, kind of meeting up at festivals and stuff. Um, my friendship with Trevor started growing a lot in like around 2019. And we just kind of decided, um, kind of like weird, like before the pandemic, um, we were kind of thinking, you know, um, the way to tour the U S was to really have a strong package because as you know, um, you know, classic heavy metal, it has its pockets in the U S but it's such a big country. And we kind of wanted to, instead of all of our bands, going out on tour individually which is what we all had been doing previously um you know putting it together kind of makes it you know a must-see event for anybody that's in the metal you know and you're talking about for like the monday through thursday night kind of thing right you know because when you're on tour it's not just weekends so um it's you know in order to have success during the week which is the majority of your touring um you know you kind of have to put something together where it's like, you know, no matter what's going on, I'm, I'm going to be at that gig, you know, if you're a fan. So, um, you know, this was supposed to kick off in April of 2020. And we all know what happened then. You know, all bands got sidelined. So this 
was the thing that was almost four years in the making. Um, one thing that we did is um, I think all of us kind of it kind of saw the the future of it and knew this wasn't going to be a, a two week, you know, uh, curve, you know? And so, uh, what we avoided, which a lot of other bands, um, did was, um, you know, postpone these tours, right. Postpone them four or five times and, you know, hold on to people's ticket money and stuff. We just, we just scrapped it canceled it and held on to it and knew that the next time that we were all going to tour in the states again it was going to be this tour we were going to put it together so we, we we held on to it we we rebooked the whole thing and uh you know a lot of effort went into went into this and we actually made it bigger than it originally was so it ended up working out well and it was just kind of one of those things that we we really wanted to see happen. And so we, we kind of stuck to our guns with that. And luckily enough, there was like festivals that uh, kind of sprung up because of our tour and also some festivals that honored their 2020 commitments to us in 2023. And that's, that's the gist of it. I think it's an understatement when you say we added more, I think the original tour, I was going to have to drive from California all, all the way to the East coast to start this thing. Wasn't it something well, like that? I, it was, but in, in on the flip side, you started. We started in California, and you still had to drive home from the East Coast. So <laughs> it's more fun going. It was, you know, when you started a tour going out like that, you're like, "Damn it, this is gnarly." On right. the way home, we were already our asses were already kicked anyway. So it's like, right. From what I recall, there was one tour bus. And then Trevor, I remember talking to you guys and you guys were heading out to like Pittsburgh or something or uh, San Antonio. So did you guys all drive we played together? San Antonio alone. That, that was a, that was on the way back to, to just to break up that ridiculous four day drive of hell. Yeah, it was it was Satan and Night Demon in a tour bus carrying the back line and, and haunt in a van. There was no days off in the tour. There was only travel days for days off. We didn't take a single day off. So. Hey, Brian, I uh, I remember chatting with you and I think we were getting a kick out of it because the Jersey show was a couple of days after Easter. And I know on Easter Sunday, you played the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I just think it's so fucking funny to think that Satan playing the St. Vitus Bar on the holiest day of the year on Easter Sunday. Well, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of cracked a joke about it, and I thought, like three seconds after I said it, I thought this is going to get me into a whole load of shit. But it didn't. People took it as uh, as just my British humour, which it was, because basically, I mean, I'd been ill, um, and I'd been, and I hadn't been doing anything for three days. You can see where I'm going with this. Um, so I said, you know, um, you guys, um, nobody gets out of life alive. Except me, I, I tend to come back after three days. Um, and, uh, you know, I was talking about the, the illness, and it was, but it was kind of a double, a double meaning with the with the Easter thing. Um, and but everybody was laughing about it, and it was cool. Uh, so I didn't actually get myself into trouble over it, but um, that was really good. But um, the, the whole tour was like an experience, which was just you know so amazing. And Jar Jarvis pulled it together. Um, and, you know, we'll be eternally grateful for that. Um, and we had such a great time. The bands involved were such, you know, a bu great bunch of guys, um, and we formed friendships that will last forever. Absolutely. I was going to say that. Were you guys, like, uh, 
jiving with one another, kind of checking each other's sets out? I, I would only assume so, right? I might have been I might have been the craziest person person in the front row during this, the first week of Satan's tour. <laughs> I was like, I was going just hey, ape shit nuts every night because um, you know, I hadn't really gotten to witness that here in the United States. And um, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Brian, so it was it was just a such a great thing and you know me and Jarvis like Jarvis was saying we started really forming a really good friendship around 2019 and then you know during the pandemic he was one of the only people that I really had a lot of communication with like we FaceTimed a lot during the time we're doing um, haunt stuff together and you know talking about the future and things so of course like I, I mean Night Demon is an incredible band so I mean instantaneously I felt like the connection of the bands was going to really work well. I was already friends with Rust. I had done some shows in Europe with his other band, Tanith. So there was like a nice reunion of sorts just right out the gate. Once this tour started, did you sort of like a football team break down tape? Did you learn from the uh, the older bands? And by the time the end of the tour came, you know, picked up some new stage tricks, if you will, or just... Uh, Something, something worse. I, or- I will say, I will say this. I always try to absorb as much um, from other people as I can. I can tell you right now, just seeing Brian, Brian, I, I really confided a lot into Brian and he, he gave me some, some nice guidance on the vocal department. And, you know, I asked him a lot of questions and of course Jarvis is just like, he, he, He's very charismatic on stage. He's one of the, you know, obviously few singer bass players out there. You know, that's not really a, a, a title you see often. Bassist, vocalist. So he's one of a kind in essence. And um, obviously there's always stuff to be learned out there. And if you're not, if you, if you don't see that, you're not really, um, in the right headspace. So there's always, I always feel like there's something to take away no matter how long you've been around or how not long you've been around. You always need to, you always need to look at things and go, wow, this was really great. And I thought that both bands performed with a hundred percent heart and spirit every night. And um, that was something to really like look at as an inspirational thing, because it's like, that's what it takes. Like, honestly, if you're not going to go out there and give it your heart, you didn't do it right. And I felt like everybody did that night after night. And I and that was a great experience because I've I've been in situations where it's not that you can you can yeah. feel that. And I didn't feel that at all. And I felt like everybody really gave it their all every night. Even, you know, Brian, he had, he, he felt ill after a while and he got up there and he, he gave it his all, man. And that was within its within itself but we've been taught we still talk about the satan guys in a way um all of us in haunt we found them to be really really inspirational uh, on the light that they've been doing it for so long and so many years and that they're still all together the original there's something to be said there about them we hope to have that you know what i mean we hope to be too late too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Jarvis, uh, just question. Like, I mean, going up and down. I mean, you guys went coast to coast in a matter of five weeks. It still amazes me being a fan that that is actually possible. Like you said, towing a bus with the equipment, 
you know, the Hawkeyes behind you in a van. But were there any areas of the country or any particular shows that stood out maybe in a good way or like a weird way that you can look back and you're like, oh, man, I remember this one and we'll never forget to get that show. Uh, here's what I've learned. The major cities are the worst to play in. They're they're the most expensive for a band to, to get in and out of and to stay in. They always have the lowest turnout. Um, you always find yourself also doing like an underplay at like, you know what, you're playing one of the smallest venues in the, in the biggest cities. Um, you know, they're expensive for the fans. Well, I mean, I, and you know, you get a radius clause where it's like, well, you can't play. There's, you know, if there's three suburbs outside the city, you could probably do them all, but you can't do any of them because you're doing the big city. So it's like, you know, you always want to have your name and lights in LA or New York city or London or Paris. And, you know, I play all these places and I, I, just find that more and more they it's it's the le- least enthusiasm too and i'm not i'm not i'm not bagging on people from those cities because obviously you know there's a level of um choice that they have and you know that they're probably a bit spoiled which is like who wouldn't want that you know every show comes through but um you know i always found especially on, this tour was a confirmation that the smaller cities that a lot of bands don't go through are the ones that end up being the best shows places like Tulsa places like Wichita, um, you know, towns like towns like that, for example, or even Clifton. I mean, Clifton's New Jersey is great because it's, it's located, you know, in a way where those interstates meet where like, if you're from New York or you're from Philly or you're from Jersey, you know, it's kind of an easier place to get to, but, um, but, you know, I mean, that's, I, I find myself gravitating more towards the smaller the smaller markets because that's where the fans really care and they come back again and again and again and audiences seem to grow there and I find they seem to shrink sometimes in major cities depending on you know what night you're playing on or, or what what else is going on out there. Yeah, it's so true because especially living in New York and New York City, I mean a there's an overindulgence of shows. You can go to see any kind of band in any genre on any night. And then you got sports teams. You know, it's almost like, you know, maybe some of the markets are smaller markets are a little bit better for you guys because there is more of a showcase on your show coming into the town versus you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right. It's noticeable how much better they are. It's a lot less stressful navigating through smaller cities as well, man. Honestly, it's just, when you're in New- when I drive into New York, I'm just automatically stressed out because of just the the sheer amount of traffic, and then you don't know where you're you know exactly going. And I, and I remember at that one, I drove. Didn't I drive to like somewhere to get you guys? Driver's side to drive across the the bridge a couple well, the times. Is, yeah, we had to park. We had to park the bus in Secaucus, New Jersey, because we couldn't bring it into the city. You know, yes. so again, another expense to us. We had to take a bunch of Ubers back and forth and van rides and cross load. And, you know, we couldn't we, we didn't stay in the city, you know, because of uh, the price is just not worth it. You know, um, yeah. So a lot of that stuff. And look, I'm not being a you know, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, you know, that instead of you know that would be the the answer to your question like what really stood out is a lot of these smaller markets which are actually not smaller for us so they're a smaller market yeah, yeah if you're an arena band but i mean whatever like you know it's uh it's it's kind of cool to 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 notice that though because 
you know, the big cities were places that bands like us always wanted to get to. And um, it's just, you know, kind of the sheen has worn off for us. So it's not like we're, it's not like none of us will do that again. But if we have a if we have a choice in the matter, if we could play more, more, more cities around a major city and not have to cut them out, I think we would probably go that route because the diehard fans from the big city love to get out of the city and just even if they have to travel an hour because within the city, you know, if you're playing a gig in London, it can take you up to two hours sometimes to get to a gig if you're on the if you're in East London, right? And and uh, it's so what's the difference? Travel outside of town for 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 a night, you know, people don't have a problem with that. Do you think because of those obstacles and hurdles? The, the bigger cities, maybe sometimes the attendance is affected because people are thinking, ah, I'd really like to go see the band, but I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Uh, you know, it could be. It's probably a, probably a number of reasons, but honestly, it's the underplay. That's what I think, because it's like anybody in a big city is going to go to a, a, a big event or a, a nice theater there, you know, when you're playing CD bars in the big city, people actually, some, some people in the smaller markets are shocked by that. They're like, wow, like you, you know, and it just logistically, it just creates a problem for, for us, you know, because we, we bring somewhat of a production out on the road and then you have to kind of figure out how to pack it into a taxi and then go into the bar and have no, dressing room or and you're just kind of stuck out there so it has become again i'm not complaining we do what we do for rock and roll but you know it's so it's also it's also so much more gratifying when you can go to somebody's town and it really means something to them you know so so here's a magic question ryan which cities had the best food oh wow um i, I gotta go philly i think I mean, get a little Pat's Pat's cheesesteaks or something like that. Well, the um, the the the, the steak and cheese, man, it's just like we can't get you don't get that in the UK. Um, and it's kind of you know, it, it, whenever I go there, I, I always have one of those because it's it's like you got it. It's you know, it's like going to London and having fish and chips. I guess it's just you know, it's just something that you do, and. It, it, it's um i mean I, enjoy, I i try when i'm out on tour i try to have something different every day um the, the, because the 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 temptation would be to have mcdonald's every day or or something like that and i don't want to do that i want to i like to try different um different dishes out use different cuisines and and what have you so um i try to avoid um that kind of fast food thing but sometimes you can't obviously um, but you know, it's nice to get out to a restaurant and try different things. Um, not just in the States, but across Europe, um, and, and what have you, different, different countries have different, um, different things that, um, are worth trying. And when you go there, uh, rather than go to a, one of yeah. these places that every, everywhere has them in Germany or wherever, um, but you, you go to where the locals go, um, you say, right, okay, where do you yeah. eat? Which restaurant do you eat in? And that's where you go because that that's where you get a more of a real feel or if you pardon the pun a taste for what the country is about well if you if you head up to rochester area the next time you guys yeah. are around this guy above you uh mr v has his own oh, really? company 
Oh well, yeah, I own food vending carts. Twenty eight years up here in the Rock, and um, okay, yeah, we have a fun, fun uh, saying up here. Name of the company is Mister V's. Mr. We, need, V's we need to do that then. We need to do that on the next tour. Uh, well, when uh, Blood Feast came in a few years ago, I became friends with the band. Yeah. Um, we brought a sack of sandwiches, and the, you know what? You guys could uh, relate to this. They do their post show load in. And you know we slap each other up and give them a big bag of sandwiches. Okay. Like the next next day they're texting me like, dude, that that was like you know the littlest <laughs> things. Like uh, we brought Raven up to town last fall, Raven Bye. and uh, Riot Act, and mm. you know just the small things. We had nice catering for them. It was above and beyond on the rider. To this day, Johnny Gallagher is like, oh, you guys, you have the, you know, you guys know how to do it. I just tell him it's the Italian in us. Nice. John, John is, John's insane. He, he's, he's a lovely guy. Oh, great band. So. They both are. I mean, John and Mark, I've known them both for years, obviously. Yeah. Um, back from the Neat Records days. Um, we've known each other probably since 1979, you know. Um, we used to hang around together in neat records and it was kind of like a, like a party atmosphere all of the time. It was like home. Uh, cause you'd have, you know, you'd have all the guys together. You'd have Venom in there. You'd have Raven in there. And we just have like these great times, uh, back in the, back in those days. Well, back in those days, it was fantastic. That new wave of British heavy metal movement, yourself, Raven, Venom, Witchfinder general, um, just the list goes on and on we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i'm going to talk with trevor and find out what it's like being the young guns of this tour and their place in the metal and hard rock landscape this is metal mayhem roc with our guests jarvis lethterby of night demon brian ross of satan and trevor church of haunt we'll be right back Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So here we are. We find ourselves in the summer of 2023 in the band Haunt, being the young guys in the group. They're touring. Trevor, can you get us up to speed on what's going on with the band right now? Hold on, hold on. You know, I'd you, like you, to interject. Sorry. Uh, yeah. With that sentiment, um, me and Trevor are not that young anymore. Um, <laughs> and tre- Trevor, Trevor, than me. Trevor, Trevor has also, yeah, Haunt would be considered the newest of the three bands, but his discography is already <laughs> Satan and Night Demon's discography put together. So, um, and as far as Satan being an old band, I got to say, yeah, well, the last four records, the the newer records can compete with any of the old stuff. And for the same five guys doing it from the classic, you know, court in the act era, um, you know, I you can't say that about any band from that time. No, no band has the lineup, but second of all, you know, you can't say that about, well, you can't say that about many bands that are still putting out that music at that high of a clip and that high of a quality. So um, I just had to interject that stuff. Sorry. No, no. And th- and thank you. Fair enough. I was just trying to illustrate the, uh, I got you. You're right. Also, let's not forget. I was in, I was beast maker traveling all over the world as Beastmaker before Haunt. So I've, you know, I've been around. Okay, okay. All right. right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. We just have a little bit of a a sugar to add all that. (laughs) Yeah, when you're in your 40s and you're like, you're a young band, you're like, holy shit, is the next era, the next era heavy metal? 50 is the, is well, the young. Stones are 80. 50 is you know, the new, 50 is yeah. the new 20, right? <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Listen, Listen to that guy. He's like, yeah. Listen to him. I'm 40 years old. Man, I'm 68. Yeah. Well, you, you're ripping. Well, I mean, like but like Jarvis old. said, you're doing better shit now than you were in your fucking yeah. young years. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And that's good. You know what? That's, that's good for guys like us, you know, to see, you know, if you're still doing it at 69 and, uh, you know, Jagger's up there at 80 or 81 or whatever, you know, still having kids and shit. Because, like, you know, what, yeah. well, you know, when, when I grew up, when I was young, it was the heat was on right when I got out of high school because, you know, rock used to be as it being the number one most popular genre of music back in the day. It was a young man's game and the record companies were just like looking for the young, fresh meat. You know, when you were 30, you were way past your prime in, in those days. And so the fact that these guys could still get up and do it at their age gives us hope that, like, you know, we could still keep going with this because that's not how it used to be and it was looked at that when when you were over the age of 30 pretty much it's like that's you know like it's it's time to kind of hang it up or transition into into your folk era you know so 
Well, Travis expanded on that talking about the Stones when back in 81 when they had that like 20th anniversary tour and like right. they're like <laughs> 38, 39. It's like these guys are old and here we are. And and the thing with uh, Trevor, the thing with Haunt is I guess the band is new to me. Yeah, we start. I started it in 2017, right. but, you know, I I had come up with the initial kind of like idea for it much earlier. It was just Beastmaker was busy. We're traveling. You know, we were on Lee Dorian's uh, label Rise Above Records, and he had flown us out to Europe to do our first tour ever with Blood Ceremony and had us on the uh, Roadburn Festival in Tilburg. And so there was like a lot of stuff going on with my other band at that time that was really pushing a lot of my ideas aside and the band and also that band the guys didn't want to do the style of heavy metal that i wanted to do with haunt they wanted to stay in the more traditional do metal and uh that's kind of why that shift is so i mean i've been working on shit for many years but yeah i feel you man it's Mm no i don't take any offense to it you know what i mean i'm like yeah you know it is new to a lot of people and that's good because that means new people are finding out about the band still even though, you know, I've been putting in, you know, some years, you know what I mean? But in its but in a sense, Trevor, you are very old school in in mind, because just look at the image I put together. I mean, I know you're out promoting the Golden Arm record, but look, you, you've put out seven albums in yeah. six years. I mean, that's yeah. the old school way. So, uh, yeah. you know, and, and the the new album is great. I, I describe it for, let's say, the listeners that don't know Haunt, it's a great blend of guitar-driven melodic heavy metal with great music- musicianship and killer singing. Thank right? you, That's man. how I see it. I and, appreciate uh, that. I love the show at the at, at, at Dingbats. And you guys, I saw it. You guys went on early. You were on at 7, 7.30. But, man, the, the people were coming in off the streets, and the enthusiasm was there. You definitely got a lot of attention on that show. So – Maybe talk a little bit about Golden Age and how that's been received. And uh, it looks like you got a tour coming up later this summer, correct? In late August, we have a tour with our, like, seriously, like one of our sister bands, Hellfire. I've done four tours with those guys already. They're right. They're right down the way. They're only two and a half hours in the Bay. And we're getting back out to the East Coast. It was more like, let's get to the East. Let's get to Florida. Let's get to the, you know, the South and places like that, that we don't get to play very often. Basically, the West Coast is scrubbed on that one for the most part, just because, like, like I said, we can go do that and have done that many times. And it's better to, you know, give it a more fresh approach, different band, perhaps. But, you know. I'll be honest with you. I've I've released a lot of albums, and when I do albums now, I, I don't really worry about how they're received as as much as like, all right, now I need to top it with the next one. So my my vision is different. I mean, I feel like um, Golden Arm is a step forward in the light that I'm working with this guy Darren Trentacost out of Monst- he, He's out of Las Vegas and runs Monster Sound and Picture out there. And he is kind of taking over on the mixing and mastering side of things. I think that side is like a really nice new exploratory thing. As you can see, I'm in my recording studio right now. And I do, and, and I had done things really independently for many years because it was kind of like, like that DIY ethos that I, I really instilled in me from the punk rock era. You know, the California is still 
very, uh, you know, like I was going to 924 Gilman Street where like Green Day and Rancid and all those bands were popping up. So I, I saw like the, that was like kind of the, the way, you know what I mean? It's like, just fucking do your shit. Like you have your people or whatever. But anyway, I feel like it's been received really well. We took it, we took a different direction and things and also started to do more like we this is the most music videos i've ever done on an album i did like two which in my world has been always an issue being from fresno we're not uh it's funny when jarvis was talking about these side markets and you know like where i come from fresno is that place in california that's kind of passed over but shouldn't be um you know so um yeah, I feel like it, things have been, it, it's been exactly how I would want them to be. I'm not disappointed. I feel like I the, the the reviews have been good. I don't really read them anymore because when you get to seven albums, what's the point? You know, you're like, I'm doing what I am doing. I'm not yeah. interested in that side of things. I'm interested in moving forward with the future and where that's going to bring me and we also have a tour in march 2024 we're going to be back in europe and it's been four years since i've been to europe because of the pandemic so it's it's been a really good thing I, everything that's happened post pandemic now has been a, just a terrific experience and i'm thankful and grateful that everybody involved jarvis brian everybody has been a piece of that puzzle of moving forward in the future. You know what I'm saying? That's great. Well, uh, Trevor, it, it is good stuff, and uh, I wish you the best success. And I see you guys are playing the St. Vitus Bar, which, again, like Verno said, it's a couple tunnels away from me, and whether or not the traffic's good, you may or may not see me there. So I'm hoping to, to get that. down, and I'd love to hope to grab a beer with you again. I don't so, drink. Best I don't drink. There. You're going to have to I'll, – I'll take a water. We'll have a seltzer, though. Yes, there we'll you go. We'll have a seltzer together, all right? So, hey, Jarvis, uh, on to uh, Night Demon. Um, I know you released the the new album, The Outsider, earlier in the year, and uh, you did this tour. And I think uh, you guys also, after the, the U.S. tour, you headed over to some shows in Japan and Ireland, correct? And I think from the yeah, the, that's right. The the video from Prelude was taken from an old church in Ireland. So did you kind of revisit that that area when you went out on tour over there? Yeah, and actually we we tried to do we did some acoustic sessions, some acoustic versions of the album, which is something that we've never done. But we did it, you know, live acoustic stuff. Our drummer plays guitar too, so it was pretty awesome. But we tried to do it in that church, but it's actually boarded up. So, uh, but we ended up finding another church oh, to do wow. it in. So those sessions will be released soon. Um, but yeah, you know, we're uh, wow. staying busy. It, many people know that, you know, we don't, you know, our album cycles last pretty long. So, I mean, we'll be touring on this album probably until sometime in 2025. Um, but, um, as Brian knows in the year 2025, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like we, uh, we've got a couple <laughs> festivals coming up this summer in Europe. We kind of took the summer off because we have, um, we we've got a lot of festivals next year in europe so um but we've got a couple one-offs in august we're, we're flying out to denver for a one-off and we will be in new york city on august 20th at lpr so um so we will be doing that um september we do a full european headlining tour where we're going to be playing this album in its entirety it's under 35 minutes so there'll still be probably at least 10 90 minute classics in that set um, oh 
And then uh, yeah. we've got some more one-offs in October. We're going to Mexico for the Mexico Metal Fest. And then next year, we have a really, really big schedule. And um, we will be going back to Japan with Raven and the Rods. So we got some upstate New York in there and, oh, and Raven, cool. who we mentioned, who actually Raven, you know, took us, took Night Demon out on our very first tour. Um, so we have a long history with them, too. Uh, we've played probably six, over 60 shows with them uh, all over the world. So that'll be a good reunion there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned, a lot of really unique stuff. You know, we, we always try and do a lot of really unique things as a band. Um and for anybody that likes listening to interviews and stuff, we have a podcast that runs every week. <laughs> this week, we are up to episode 150, 150 weeks running. So please check that out, the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast. And yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff going on with us all the time. And Jarvis, speaking about stuff going on, I see there's a lineup change. Dusty, the drummer, Dusty Squires is out. And you have a new drummer? Yeah, after nine years. Yeah, we have uh, Brian Wilson in there, not from the Beach Boys. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been a friend of ours for a really long time. He was playing with Yngwie Malmsteen for the last five years. And he, uh, you know, we were one of his favorite bands. So, um, he was the right choice for us and Dusty actually recommended him. So, uh, there's no bad blood there with us and him. It's all good. You know, he just wanted a normal life and, you know, he just got that. So, um, Brian was ready to do it and it's injected a whole new life into the band and a lot of enthusiasm. And so it's kind of what we needed at the time, even though we, we didn't really know it, you know, so the fear is always the unknown, right? So, but you have to take a step into it and realize that usually everything's going to be okay. Well, congratulations on that. And speaking about the rods, good friends with Carl Kennedy. We just had him on the show last week talking about. Nice. You know, their summer thing, and Wald had a chance to see him a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. He's a highly underrated drummer, especially yeah, live. You know, I think when you hear the records, he, he plays a lot straightforward, but live, he's an incredible drummer. He's, like, really inspiring to watch. He uh, he They played the uh, the chance up in Poughkeepsie, and it was the first, sh- the first show in forever, and there was probably only 100 people there. And the Rods never really get down to New York, New City, and New Jersey. And this was the first time I ever saw him, but – I told Carl afterwards, I said, his drum solo, like, you you could have thought you were at Download Festival. It was that powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, you know what? It's cool. I mean, yeah, there's only 100 people there, but those were the 100 cool people, you know? So, like, I mean, that's the thing. You know, we, exactly. had, to, we had some great turnouts on the Hell's Decibels tour. Some were not as great, but those some of those ended up being the best shows. And it's the people that are there that matter. You know, I mean, a lot of people, especially a lot of bands from the 80s that were very, very popular. A lot of them complain these days, you know, that they're playing to only 2000 people and not 20,000. But the reality is when they were playing to 20,000, probably only 2000 of them really actually cared about the band, you know. So it's like, why not have all your hardcore fans there in one place versus a bunch of people that are just going to kind of ruin it for those people? You know, you got to kind of look at it in a different light. Hey, Jarvis, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, what What is your fan base like in Japan? Because everybody, bands talk about how the Japanese crowds are very unique. What does uh, Japan mean to Night Demon? Well, I mean, it was our first time over there. So I think a lot of people were anticipating it, but we did make a lot of new fans too. They were actually pretty rowdy. I always heard that they were very respectful during the show, but in heavy metal, it's a bit different, you know, and they, they really got into it. And uh, 
you know, they're very respectful people in person. They follow all the rules, you know, it's a very clean place. Um, But, you know, it's always good. We, we, all all three of us and all these, and these bands get to experience a lot of different cultures all over the world on it, on, you know, somewhat of a daily basis. And I think that's, what's kind of made us all, level-headed and grounded and more down to earth we see how everybody else lives and politically i think we kind of throw a lot of that stuff aside because we just we're we're kind of worldly people and and uh, music has brought us there and you uh i see before before we move on to uh brian and the satan camp um you guys are opening some shows in the uk for michael shanker so congratulations on that that's a big bill yeah, thanks. That's like a bucket list thing for me. He's my number one favorite guitar player of all time. Um, we did some gigs with UFO um, early in our career in Europe, but, uh, you know, obviously Michael wasn't in the, the group at that time. That was great. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is just one of those things, you know, it's like uh, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm going to enjoy this, you know, and right when I get off stage, I just get to see him play and that's kind of a rewarding thing i have a photo of him and myself when i was 15 years old that i'm gonna bring for him to sign so <laughs> uh, should i tell jarvis my michael shanker uh experience from no Waterfall? no <laughs> so my so i <laughs> shanker comes through it was october of this past year and it's out in Strasbourg, PA, and I'm at the backstage. It's me and one other guy, and the other guy is a guitar. And we're like, where's the band? And so none of the band come out. I'm ready to uh, to drive home, and I see this black Cadillac Escalade drive down with Florida plates, and it's Shanker driving himself around. And I went up to him like, hey, just wanted to say hi, and he didn't even roll his window down. Yeah. He just waved and drove I away. I mean, I've, I've dealt with him a lot through the years, and he still doesn't even know who I am. You know, I, I've promoted shows – when UFO got back together, I actually spent some of my college fund to get them to California. That's a true story. And that it was, was worth it. But uh, yeah, I promoted shows for him in California throughout the years. I've seen him many times. I've written reviews for fanzines about his gigs. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's just that's just his personality. He doesn't even listen to music. He says he claims he hasn't listened to music since 1991. Um I was in actually there's wow. a quick story and then we'll move on. But I went to see him in October of 2018 in Germany and um, I was friends with his agent and his agent um, said, hey, let's go before the show. I got to talk to Michael and then, you know, you get to meet him again. So he was actually really pleasant, the most pleasant he's ever been in any of our meetings. Um, and it was right after soundcheck and uh, about 20 minutes into our conversation, the how sound guys started to play music because they were going to open doors. And he just, he, he cut the conversation off and said, I have to leave. I have to leave. I can't hear music. I can't hear music. And he ran out the back door into a Mercedes and took off. The, his <laughs> thing is he doesn't want to be influenced by anything but himself. And maybe, Hey, you know, I mean, he has his own sound and his own style, but uh, that's, that's his story. And, uh, and I think, I think the other thing we learned too, is I think uh, Robin McCauley will be singing uh, go forward. So you're going to get a new singer. He's, he's my, he's my favorite of, of all the singers. I really like the McCauley Shanker group stuff. It's a bit more hair metal, but that's self-titled album that they did. You know, I thought his vocals were great. I I do of course love the Gary Barden stuff, but, uh, but yeah, Robin is a a fellow Irishman and I'm, I'm here in Ireland right now. And so uh, we're going to be playing some Irish dates with them. So 
um, yeah, I'm really stoked. He's a really, really nice guy too. Well, best of luck on that tour. So, uh, so yeah. Brian, so we're going to bring you guys up. So I know, uh, you're still out. Well, you were out to- uh, touring for the 2022 release earth infernal, mm. uh, killer kick-ass metal album. So, Talk about that one. How has it been received and uh, how did the songs go down live uh, to get good reception from the fans and all it's, that? It's been a, it's been a total roller coaster with our album because, you know, we, we, it was, we, we've talked about, um, we've talked about the COVID situation um, and, and how that affected everything. We were lucky enough to get that album recorded before COVID hit. Blitzkrieg didn't turn out so lucky. We we started an album before COVID and we're still finishing it off now. Um, funnily enough, I'm doing some work on it tonight. But um, Earth Infernal was one of those albums that we kind of did and it was it was kind of j- disjointed and I was doing a bit of vocal here and a bit of vocal there. Um, and I never really uh, heard much of the, of the songs once we'd recorded them because uh, wh- while you're recording, you only hear the bit that you're recording on. Um, and then afterwards, usually you get to listen to the track, but we just didn't have time. So it was just get through all of the tracks. So I, the first time I heard the album um, was when we got the, the test pressings back from the record company. And I put it in, my, in the stereo in my car and I wasn't impressed. I, I really wasn't. I just I thought, what is this? This is not... This is not what I expected. And then, you know, but I listened to it every time I went in out in the car, listened to it, listened to it, listened to it. And then it really hit me, you know. And I thought, I think we've got something here. Um, but I was kind of thinking, well, what if, what if other people think when they listen to it first time out, what if they don't like it, you know? But um, that obviously that did not happen um, because everybody seems to like it. Um, they, they could be lying to me, of course, but they, that is always a possibility. But I kind of, you know, I've met a lot of fans over the years, and I think you get to, to a feel for it. I think if somebody's lying barefaced to you, you know. And, and and I think it's nice to sort of get that feedback from all of the people that, that buy the records because they are, they are the people that you're doing it for. They are, uh, well, they put they put you where you are. Uh, and without them, a band is nothing. So, you know, I like to get their opinion, and 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 it's really, it was ex- it was it was received extremely well, much much better than I ever thought it would be. Um, and unlike Caught in the Act, it didn't get panned. I mean, like Kerrang in England, um, when they first heard uh, Caught in the Act, they said it was an underrated piece of shit written by a bunch of underrated piece of shit musicians performed by a piece of shit underrated musicians. And I thought, okay. Um, and it was a, a lady called Justin Cole that wrote that. Um, and then many years later, I, I came across it in my scrapbook. Um, and I emailed it to Justin and said, well, I see Satan are now on their fourth, fifth album. Where are you now? She never replied. But it doesn't matter. The, the, the important thing is, that uh, for any band, really, um, you, you have to kind of look at the reason why you do what you do. And me, you know, when you first start out, when I was a, a, a young kid listening to the Beatles, I did it because I wanted to play music. And as time goes on, you never lose sight of that. 
you know, I saw that in Trevor. He he knows exactly what he wants and he knows how to achieve it. And he's such a talented guy. And he's, he, you know, he, he, he actually got up on stage and, and a couple of nights and sang um, sang for me when I was when I was ill. Uh, rusted the vocals, the the other the rest of the, the gig. Um, and at the very last gig of the tour, Trevor got up with me and we sang a duet together. And that is a that is a memory that I'll I'll take um, for as long as I, I love live. you, buddy. I, you I know, love you, Brian. I miss Brian so much right now. It's <laughs> yeah, not even it's awesome. fun. Like I'm looking at Brian. I'm like, I wish we could. Like I, I honestly like Brian is the kind of dude like I would hang out with regularly because he you know in my life i've always hung out with older musicians and not saying you're you know that this is not a bad thing like my dad's friends older and then i'm you know as i'm getting into things i started hanging out with this and i had a, i had an older friend his name's dave cole who taught me how to repair amplifiers work on guitars and he showed me he had an awesome record collection and he had a um, practice room at his house and I rented a room from him. He was my roommate for years. So like Brian, I, I connected with Brian immediately because he's the kind of person that they, they he inspires me to be a better human being and he centers me to my music as well. So thank you for all those nice things you just said about me. I mean, honestly, I, I, I love Brian. He's such an, his vocals are just incredible. We all know that Satan should have been one of the biggest heavy metal bands of all time. I, that's how I feel about them. Or they're still the best and that's what matters. That is what matters. They are. That's yeah. what fucking matters. 100%. We're still here, you know? And and Night Demon as well, of course, on the tour. I love Night Demon. They're they're one of my favorite bands. And when the guys invited me to go up on stage and do Blitzkrieg with them, I was absolutely, it was unbelievable. And again, that is a memory that I shall take with me for the rest of my life. Um, it, it, It was an amazing thing and amazing guys, you know. The whole tour was just superb, but you know, getting back to the point of of of, of uh, Earth Infernal, um, do I think it's the best album that Satan have ever done? I'm not sure, um, but is it is it a good album? Of course, yeah, I I, I love it. I I tend not to once an album of, of is released, I generally don't listen to it um, unless I have to, uh, but. Um, Earth Infernal is a good album, and I do enjoy listening to it when I do um, have a listen. And I dip into uh, you know back catalogue every now and again. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was very very well received. Well, that's uh, it's a great album, Brian. I, I I think to think personally, it's an awesome album. But uh, hey, before we let you guys go, uh, Brian, I had to ask you a question about uh, the band Blitzkrieg and the song yeah. Blitzkrieg. Um, obviously it's well known that Metallica oh, took the song and ran with it. Um, you know, talk about that experience. Have you ever gotten up on stage with Metallica and maybe, uh, sound checked it with them or talked to Lars about this or something? Um, uh, no, no, no. And yes, um, I'll take each one of it. I mean, do you know, it, um, I mean, <laughs> Blitzkrieg is, is, is very special to me. Um, you know, I put the band together in 1980. Um, and we're still going. And uh, unlike Satan, it's not the same musicians. 
although I do keep in touch with every one of them, apart from Ian, of course, who passed away um, a few years ago. Um, but uh, I, I, I can tell you exactly what happened. Um, we were in uh, we were in the studio at Neat Records, and we were recording the Time of Changes album. And um, I got I got home, and my wife said, "Oh, you had a while you were out, um, a guy phoned for you." And I said, "All right, um, who was it?" He said, "Oh, she says, oh, is it some American guy? He's calling back later. He said he was called Lars Ulrich." And I said, "Yeah, right." You know. Um, anyway, he, um, about about. 10, half past 10 that evening, the telephone rang and I answered it and it was Lars. It was, it is, and I'm, at first he said, yeah, I'm, I'm Lars Ulrich. And I goes, yeah, okay, really, you know. <laughs> and then he said, hi, Brian, look, you know, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. We, we, um, we were, we're a huge fan of the band and can I ask you, can we do a cover version of Blitzkrieg? And I said, well, yeah, of course you can. I don't have a problem with that. So I spent the next hour and a half on the telephone <laughs> with him, um, going through the chord structures with him, and um, I, I, I dictated the lyrics to him, um, and then they recorded it and still got it wrong. Uh, the lyrics are wrong, the, the music's wrong, but hey, <laughs> it's Metallica, and it, it, they they put their stamp on the song, and that's great, and I, 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 that's fine, and it's been over the years. Um, their cover version of Blitzkrieg has been a blessing and a curse at the same time because a lot of people believe that Blitzkrieg only exists because of that. And that is not true at all. So it's been a curse in that respect. Um, but yeah. the, the blessing has been in that um, we've picked up a, a, on a lot of Metallica fans that, um, that may not have heard of us otherwise who have then came and uh, initially said, why are you doing a cover version of a, of a Metallica song? And I'm going, really? You know, but um, once they know, you get that kind of respect for, from them. So, And then they've listened to other Blitzkrieg songs and discovered that Blitzkrieg isn't the best song that we've ever written. Um, and Because it, it really isn't. Uh, but what Blitzkrieg is, to me, is is... It's it's a kind of the the kind of song that every band wants, i.e., um, an anthem. You know, Black Sabbath have got Paranoid, Deep Purple have got uh, Black Knight. Um, you know, whole lot of love for Led Zeppelin. Every band wants this this legendary song that 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 you know. And and for my sins, Blitzkrieg is mine. Um, I'm never going to be able to get away from that song. Um, I did try for a period of time not playing it, um, but of course the fans won't let you get away with that. They want you. They want to hear it. So now I just do it, and it, it, it's. Um, I've got a. I'm not saying that I love the song because I don't, but um, I, I found a new respect for it. Um, not because I'm, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the fans that want to listen to it, and 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 simply when when Jarvis and the guys asked me to do it with them, it was such an honor um, to play with such a great band um, and get up and do one song. I wish it had been a better song, but never mind. Uh, we almost did uh, Buried Alive. We'll do Buried Alive next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, you know, it, 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 um, it was great. And, and um, it's still nice to be able to get out there and play it. Well, Brian, um, 
excuse me, but uh, Lars even admitted on the recording right at the end is fade out. Fucked yeah. up one place, but um, I'm, I'm going to... Oh, they fucked up in a lot more places yeah. than one. I'm going to let Walt uh, bring this in for a landing. Guys, thank you for... Uh, hey, hang on one sec. Sorry, John. If I could just yeah. interject. Uh, uh, the question wasn't asked what Satan has coming up. Um, they will be performing at the Metal Magic Festival in Denmark on July 8th. Uh, they will be also performing at the Candelabrum Festival in Leon, Mexico, uh, the first weekend of September. That's their very first ever appearance for the band in Mexico. So that's a pretty big deal. And they will be coming back to the USA in the fall. This tour is not announced yet, but they will be they will be on tour with um, I, will, I can't say now, but another uh, a group of friends from around the same area up there in Northern England and uh, look for them to be touring hopefully in Europe next winter. I'm uh, still waiting on an offer for that, but we've got some stuff cooking. And as far as I know, I heard talk to Russ the other day and demos are starting for the next Satan album, which will hopefully be out sometime in 2024. Sounds like a lot of great shit to look forward to you guys. Yeah, I mean it, it. It is great, and I didn't want to mention the 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 um, return to the to the to the US because it hasn't been announced yet. So I guess it's okay if your manager announces it first. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, I didn't give away any details, but you guys get exclusive here for doing such a nice interview with us. I'm going to leave you with my Christmas card. So what's up on the screen? Merry Christmas! Nice. Here's your Christmas cards, and uh, right. we hope to awesome. see you in Thank the you fall. Guys. Absolutely. All kidding aside, guys, this was a lot of fun. And the first time we've had a big, giant group of guys together really kick ass. So thanks, guys. And thank you. Uh, thank you. Trevor and Jarvis, you guys are coming in in a couple of months. I hope to hit either one or both of the shows, and I'll make sure I stop by and say hi, all right? Thank you, guys. Brian, love you, man. All Brian, right. love you, brother. Jarvis, I love, love you, you man. I'll Honestly, see you guys soon. We need, we, you need to come to England so we can go and chill a little bit together, yeah? We're going to make it happen. I'll see you next year, man. Or if you're coming to the USA and you're going to be in California, I'll, I will be there. I will drive up to see you. So um, talk to you soon. Jarvis, I'll talk to you soon too, brother. Love you guys. All right. John, you guys. thank you. Walt, thank Sorry. you. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Java Side Brian. See you guys later. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 